there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of Time for Coffee. If you're interested in breaking into broadcast journalism, especially on the management side of the industry, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest has spent more than 20 years overseeing the content that's created, acquired, and aired on various television networks. But before I introduce you to Travis Mitchell, the Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer at Maryland Public Television, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you a sneak peek into the episodes and the professions we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Travis Mitchell, the Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer at Maryland Public Television, where he oversees all the content that's created, acquired, and aired on this statewide public television network. Travis has more than two decades of media experience, having served most recently as the chief content officer for the University of North Carolina Television, UNC-TV, where he provided editorial vision for the programming that's broadcast on UNC-TV's four TV channels and its online properties. Earlier in his career, Travis served as president of Communities and Schools of Wake County, a Raleigh, North Carolina-based nonprofit that's actually part of a national network helping public schools to remove the barriers that put students at risk of wasting their potential. He also served as executive vice president and chief operating officer for the Atlanta-based Black Family Channel, where he oversaw a $40 million operation budget and a team of 75 professionals. Travis, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I'm caffeinated and ready to go. Excellent. As I spoke with you before we began this recording, the espresso shots are really to help our young listeners, college students, young professionals who are interested in this case in getting into the broadcasting journalism industry, especially on the management side, how to do that. But in light of everything that is going on in this country, not only with the coronavirus, but specifically because of this discussion about race and racism, not only outside the workplace, but inside the workplace. I would love you, Travis, to tailor your answers to my young African-American listeners who are interested in this. So first of all, what is the broadcast industry, the broadcast journalism industry like for young African-Americans, older African-Americans right now? Well, I think there's a lack of diversity. You mentioned on the management side, certainly just looking at public media and public media television, for instance, there's out of probably four or five hundred programmers or chief content officers, there's probably only three that are African-American. And I'm one of the three. 
out of those who are in senior management, GM, senior vice president, chief content officer, or executive level post in public media, it's probably less than 2%, less than probably 1% that are African-American. And so we've got a lot of work to do in creating diversity in that area. But I would like to offer a glimmer of hope to students. And that is, I firmly believe that success is when preparation meets opportunity. And for young students in this particular period of time, where there seems to be an opening and a reckoning in this country about some of the steps backwards we have taken in the last decade or so. This is an opportunity for young African-Americans to position themselves for upward mobility. And I think the best way to do that is to be a constant, really a consistent perfecter of your craft if you're on the content side, but also very studious about what's happening in the industry and taking every advantage of opportunities that are presented to them right where they are today to develop leadership skills by leading projects and volunteering for projects and doing multiple internships, even unpaid internships where they can actually lead a project, not just an internship, but seek leadership opportunities. And I think that's the quickest path to upward mobility. Excellent. So in light of that, obviously, internships are things to be looking out for. What entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into this field? Well, I think it's kind of gone back to where it was when I entered in the field 30 years ago. I just turned 50 yesterday. And so um, I remember, thank you. Thank you. I remember starting when I was 18, 19 years old. And I think the steps I took then are the steps that students have to take now. First and foremost, I think students have to make their own way. When I was a student at Morgan State University, historically black in Baltimore, Maryland, at an HBCU, we hadn't published our newspaper for eight years. And I wanted to be one of those who helped bring the newspaper back. And so I reached out to publishers who were white males, 65 plus, 40 years older than me in many cases. And I asked them, what did it take to be a publisher of a newspaper? So I wasn't thinking just as an editor in chief. I wanted to figure out how to run the operation and raise the money. And so I studied the books in the industry. I built professional network. And as a student, the advantage I had is when I wrote letters of interest to these publishers, they gave me their time. And so what I would encourage students to understand is that the power that they have is people who are accomplished in the field who may not look like them, but really want to develop the future leaders of tomorrow. They may not even have jobs, but the one way that you create opportunity is contact those people who are in position of power, share with them what you want to do and ask for five minutes of their time. And those who, there'll be many who will say no, but there'll be many more who will say yes. And once they give you their time, go in and ask prepared questions and you can turn five minutes into five years of an entry-level opportunity if you build the right relationships early. Oh, what amazing advice. A hundred percent. And I want to point out to our listeners, because I'm actually older than Travis, that that was back in the day before email. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So you were writing letters. Letters. That's right. Yeah. So there's zero excuse for you not to be able to send a well-worded email over LinkedIn 
or through Gmail or whatever the case may be. Amazing advice. What are the titles that they should be looking out for for those entry-level positions? And does it matter, Travis, if they want to get into management, if they start maybe on the news gathering side? No, I I don't. I think you got to get your foot in the door. But I will say to you that the challenges that we have with diversity and inclusion in media is that you have too few African-Americans in management positions. So what I always encourage students, like my daughter is going into strategic communications, I am encouraging her to build relationships with mentors on the management side so that she can have conversations about what it's like to manage people and manage business units and then also develop relationships on the creative side and be willing to get a foot in the door to understand what it's like to create content in this multi-platform content creation environment. So you perfect your skills by getting in the door and working on as many projects as you possibly can, because it's about volume and efficiency as well as creativity. Show that you can lead a team, show that you can be collaborative, but then also understand what are the key business drivers. I tell my daughter this and I'll tell students this. If you ever want to be in management, every day that you walk in as an intern, even if you're on the creative side of the house, you've got to think, what must it be like to run this place, to own this place? What are the decisions that a CEO has to make every day? And when you come to work, don't come to work with an attitude of that of being an intern. Come to work with an attitude of being a CEO. And if the CEO gets there early, you get there earlier than the CEO. You study all the reports. You study the annual reports. You do all those extra things so that when you get your five minutes or two minutes with the CEO, you're asking CEO level questions. And so it's all about, again, success is when preparation meets opportunity. And if you think like a CEO, if you think like an executive vice president, chief operating officer, one day you'll be one. Oh my gosh. Amazing, amazing advice. And so just to close this one question up, what are the titles that they should be looking out for when they're searching, whether it's Maryland Public TV or any other broadcast network out there for the jobs? What are the entry level titles? So I think production assistants, assistant producers, production coordinators, those would be pretty much the type of titles to look for when you're entering in. Anything that's an assistant, anything that's a coordinator, anything that's an assistant to the producer or assistant producer, those are uh, booking, uh, be a booker in television, uh, researcher. Those would be the type of entry-level positions on the content creation side. Now, of course, there are a host of positions on the content production side, such as camera operators, editors, assistant editors, et cetera. But typically, your first entry in is where you'll be able to help coordinate, research, plan a show. And then if you have technical skills, you can begin to be an assistant to one of those technical leaders in the building and learn the latest technology is that that particular organization may be using. Excellent. What about on the management side? Are there particular entry-level titles to be looking out for, Travis? Well, I'm going to probably split hairs here. I would say that students who want to get into management should take a look at if you're doing a creative internship, like I mentioned before, production assistant, et cetera, I would also look to maybe do a sales internship, split my internship in two where I could do the creative side, but then I could figure out what drives revenue. 
I mean, one of the quickest paths to management is to be able to figure out how to make money. And if you can figure out how to sell and how to market and how to package content that drives revenue, that makes you value. And then the other portion of my internship experience I would try to create is to, if I could be on the content side and I could be on the sales side, I try to figure out how to get on the cost management side, the financial side, learn a little bit about how budgets are made, how the finance side of the house operates. And I really think one of the challenges in media as it relates for African-Americans in particular is that there aren't many hybrid media and journalism programs that give you a curriculum that gives you both the content creative creation side and also blends it with core management classes or curriculum, such as operations, organizational behavior, management, accounting. I think students are going to have to figure out a way. If I were looking to get in management, not only would I try to create a blended internship opportunity that would give me sales, a marketing and finance experience, but I would also look to see if I could take those elective courses in my school where I can get some accounting, some marketing and some operations experience. So you would look at in finance, uh, you may look at an accounts payable or an accounts receivable position, entry level where you do data entry and filing in the marketing side, maybe a marketing assistant or promotions assistant or sales assistant. I mean, that would be good entry level experience. And of course, social media is a big part of the media engine now. So being able to use your skills as a millennial or a digital native to bolster social media production would be fantastic. Awesome. Travis, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you look for in the young people that you hire? So I'm going to start with the soft skills first, because I think actually the soft skills are going to take you much further than the hard skills because technology is evolving. So there's always a new technology or platform that will require adaptive capacity. So I will use that adaptive capacity, having flexibility, the ability to learn quickly, adapt and implement using new tools and technology. You have to be a quick learner. And you have to learn how to master technology very quickly in this age. But what doesn't change is that we're looking for excellent communicators. And students right now, to be honest, what I'm seeing is they're lacking written and verbal skills. So they may be accustomed to writing social media, but putting together full and coherent thoughts that are necessary, not because you're trying to write a book or write an article, but just being able to convey to a team, provide context and clarity of purpose that is lacking in young people that I have seen. And it's something that needs to be developed. So writing skills, communication skills, being able to convey communication to a team then leads to leadership skills. I look for students who are excellent communicators and have excellent leadership skills. I believe in this day and age of collaboration. I firmly believe in collaboration. I believe in teamwork. I believe that millennials and digital natives in particularly are not accustomed to a top-down hierarchical management structure. They're much more used to working in teams and working in the constructs of social frameworks whereby they can work with their peers. And so students are going to need the ability to lead teams. And so a management philosophy I have is that of servant leadership. Whenever you have an opportunity to lead, 
can you influence the group for their benefit and not your own self-interest? And if you can kind of allow yourself to decrease and use your skills to empower those people around you and make them better, then I think that is one leadership attribute along with being able to communicate and along with being flexible that would help advance a career rapidly in this day and age. Excellent. And I am guessing, Travis, that when you mentioned the need to be a quick learner, that you were between the lines suggesting that that may mean that you are studying or teaching yourself or doing whatever outside of the nine to five in your free time. Here's the thing. The days in which you would just learn everything in the lab or at school are over. I introduced my daughter to the senior UX designer at PBS who was responsible for, she was like 27. She was responsible for rebranding the fourth largest network in the country, television network, and creating all of their user experiences, redesigning all the user experiences and interfaces across their multiple platforms. The way that she got to that place was she, in school, was the editor of the campus newspaper. She took the courses necessary. But it was her free time where she devoted to learning software and learning programs and staying fresh and relevant, learning the latest trends and technology over and over and over again and applying it to her personal platform that she gained a core competency. And so you cannot develop that competency simply by going to class and doing required homework. You have to spend all of your available hours and time perfecting your craft and developing your skills on your own. Thank you for that. Travis, is someone's major a deciding factor to get into broadcast journalism? In other words, if they haven't studied journalism, is it a deal breaker? No, it's not a deal breaker at all. I think it is the actual practical experience that opens the door. What you learn in school and what you get your degree in can help. If it's backed up with actual experience, actual hands-on abilities, actual competency in the area of your craft. And so you can have a major in other disciplines and other industries and still be a good writer. You can have skill sets in engineering, but you're a design thinker. You can be a business major, but you are innovative. And so all of those skills are transferable over into the media space, which is very dynamic and is is changing rapidly. And in some instances, it helps to be a non-media major. As one who was a broadcast journalism major, however, I will say when you immerse yourself in the industry and study everything about it, you can have a leg up as long as you back up what you're learning in class with actual doing either through internships or externships, those things make you more competitive. Great. What about a grad school degree? And less so for somebody who's looking for that entry-level foot in the door, more so for someone who wants to be an executive C-suite, maybe start their own media company. And if so, is there a more useful degree to get? Sure. I mean, I actually think the world of graduate school programs, period, because I think it 
pushes students to use their design thinking more. I think the comprehensive nature of grad school prepares students to be able to consume a mass amount of information and really cut to the core of how to apply that information. So I'm a big proponent of grad school. What I would say is I think the most effective programs, had I gone immediately into grad school, are combo programs that combine, for management at least, business and communication strategy. So I think Syracuse has a master's in communications management. If you're going into management side, that is an excellent program. I think a combo MBA journalism program is great or a combo MBA JD, because if you're going to get to the business side of the house, knowing a little bit about legal matters and as well as business management would help augment your skill set. My regret is that I didn't go back to school after I had been in media for several years. I was very young. I became a chief operating officer at 28. I spent a lot of my time learning and growing networks and scaling networks at a very young age. But I think it would have helped me move from the entrepreneurial side of the industry into the more settled and mature side of industry with larger corporate brands had I gotten my MBA earlier. I ended up going back and getting a combo degree. It was an MBA slash uh, master's in education from University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education and Wharton. And that certainly helped me open up doors later in my career. But if I had it over again, I would have gone back to graduate school while I was working and sought a combo program similar to those that I mentioned earlier. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. What a great insight into how to make the most of those grad school opportunities. Travis, what kind of life experiences, so those experiences we have outside the classroom, do you think are most useful for someone who's starting out in this field? I think it's very important to have a diverse outlook on life that is influenced by a diverse set of friends and circumstances and experiences. Recently, my family and I traveled to Ghana, West Africa. We took a group of girls from the inner city of uh, Raleigh and Durham to West Africa. And the cultural nuances of going to another country, particularly that far away, and being able to understand culture as a participant observer helps broaden your experience. So I would say travel, I would say exposing yourself to different cultures, different people, different ideologies. Don't surround yourself with people that just think like you. You should surround yourself with people that you often disagree with so that you understand how to communicate more effectively. It's not always about being comfortable because everybody agrees with you. If you're going to be in this business, you've got to learn how not to be offended by opposing viewpoints. And you have to learn how to have an intelligent conversation based on facts and based on truth. That is what a good journalist or a good media professional seeks to do is be a facilitator of conversation. And so I would think that students who would give themselves an ability to explore new things, new opportunities, new cultures, those life experiences would prepare them better to be a more effective media professional. And I would also imagine, because you mentioned when you were at Morgan State, how you revitalized the campus newspaper, Mm -hmm. that various extracurricular activities are also opportunities to build life experiences that are super transferable into the workplace. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would be remiss if I did not point that out. Everything that I'm doing now, I did as a college student newspaper editor. Also happened to lead a student protest at Morgan. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we have our extended dialogue. But everything I learned about leadership, I learned at the age of 19 and 20. I happened to be an honor student. I also was editor of the campus newspaper and I played basketball at Morgan as well. So it was all of those experiences that helped me develop and harvest the leadership potential that was within me. Yes. I love to hear those stories because I think so often young people, I don't mean to say they dismiss, but they don't necessarily recognize how they are actually honing transferable skills in their free time doing the things they love outside the classroom. That's right. Travis, what is the best part for you of being in broadcast journalism? Well, I think after putting in my time and getting to this point, you know, I guess when I turned 50, I got very reflective yesterday. And I've been thinking a lot about what's the best opportunity for me over the next decade or more to make a change. I think I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot. And I'm at a position or at a place where I'd like to open up doors for young people. I think that's what drives me the most now. I am determined to share the wisdom that I have gained through some painful experiences, through a lot of hard work and sacrifice, and other people, by the way, who open up doors for me, I am convinced that the best part of being where I am today is having the platform and the opportunity and the influence to help open up the doors for other young people who are coming along behind me and giving them an impartation of information that should help them far exceed my own levels of success in my career. And so I think that's what I'm looking forward to achieving as I go to the second half of my career. Oh, what a beautiful answer. So as we know, Travis, there is not a job out there, not a profession out there that doesn't include things that are really unpleasant. So what is the part of your current job as Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer at Maryland Public Television that sucks the most? Well, without a doubt, we were hit with huge losses on the revenue side as a result of COVID-19. And whenever you have to deal with putting together scenario plans in the event that you have to lay people off or you have to exercise austerity cuts to your budget to make sure that uh, you put away money for a rainy day, and that means you have to restrict access to resources and then possibly reduce personnel, that is very, very stressful. And that also is not something that is pleasant to do. However, I think this is where communications professionals and humanities professionals have a leg up in leadership. It's empathy. When you're able to empathize with people, when you have to make tough decisions and communicate honestly and transparently with them, I think it helps all people look toward how do we work together for it to develop a win-win scenario here. I think as it relates to being an African-American in leadership, and this is not unlimited to Maryland Public Television, but I did share this openly in our internal forum a few days ago. One of the challenges that I have experienced through my career that is also frustrating 
is many times when you look like I look and you're a minority and an underrepresented group in an industry, you often have to say things five times in order for people to hear it. Others who don't look like you may say it once and it resonates. You also have to be careful not to get frustrated because it tends to be that implicit bias works itself into decision making whereby you have to have your comments co-signed by someone who is in the majority population in order for it to resonate. You can work around those things, but you shouldn't be blinded that those things don't happen. You just have got to be strong in your and consistent in your own communication and confident in who you are not to let those things shake you. I wish that those were not the realities that I would have to communicate to young African-American students and other students, but they exist. And many times people don't recognize their own bias. So I would say in this day and age, it's managing in a very difficult economy. That's the one difficulty. And number two, making sure that given the stress and the toxicity in the nation, that I don't allow people's personal bias to get me frustrated where I cannot make the type of sober business decisions that I need to make to move the organization forward. Mm. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Travis? And could you please apply it specifically to our young African-American listeners? Sure. I mean, I've had great advice from many, many mentors, but I will break it down and sum it up with this one thing that a mentor from IBM told me long ago. It's very simple. He said, input equals output. Whatever you put into your career, And the consistency and the seriousness by which you invest in yourself is going to determine where you end up. If you are brilliant as a writer, but you don't write, you won't be writing professionally. If you are excellent in terms of your vision and your ability to innovate, but you don't innovate, then you won't be an innovative leader. If you're an incredible, gifted leader, but you refuse to help others, won't be in a management or a leadership position. So it's what you do every single day right now when you're not at school, you're not in class and nobody's looking. That's what's going to determine where you end up being. Input equals output. So it speaks really to those life experiences. What are you doing in your life? What are you doing? Somebody asked me how to become a, they wanted to be a television host. I said, do you go in the mirror every day and can you tolerate looking at yourself and speaking to yourself? Because if you don't like you, nobody else will. It's the simple things that we have to do, not the big things. If you can, if you can do those things every day with joy and with excitement and enthusiasm, that's going to help you end up being where you want to be. Don't pursue the dollar, pursue the journey. If you pursue the journey, then you'll end up at your destination. Fantastic advice. Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, Travis, or for that matter, books, do you think accurately depict this profession? Well, there's a book that I have, two books, one that I think African-American students should get. It's called Split Images by Janet Date. She was a Howard professor. And she wrote a book about the history of the media, going all the way back to the first daily black newspaper, The Negro World, uh, by John Rushworm and Samuel Cornish, who published that paper. 
I think it's important for African-American students to know their history. And then the other one, because I'm in television, is a reference book that I have and I keep it updated. But if you're going to be in management, it is a required reference book to have. And that is the business of television. I mean, I think those two books would really help you understand how to get into the business side, how the business side of television works, but also give you historical context for those who came before you, both on the creative side and on the management side of media. As it relates to programs that I'm currently watching, I am devouring all of the content that we produce at MPT. So I don't have a lot of time to watch other fair as much, but I would simply point students to those two books and add them to their collection. Excellent. We will include both of them, links to both of them in our show notes. Final question, Travis. What would Java junkies, especially African-American Java junkies, be surprised to learn about this profession? Surprised to learn about this profession is that you have more influence than you may think. In an age where media is getting a bad rap, there are people and social media has become the rage. There are people who still make informed decisions based on traditional media coverage. There are people who see those who have given their lives to this profession still as arbiters of truth. And though the industry has been given a black eye and has been beat up, don't cave in and quit because your gifts, talents, and abilities as gatekeepers and as communicators are needed now more than ever because people are truth seekers, are looking to be on a path of self-discovery and empowerment through information. And if you would simply do your job and heed to the ethical standards of our business and our industry and accept the call to enter into this field wholeheartedly with zeal, you will see that you can make a difference by simply telling the truth. Travis, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. The people, the men and women at Maryland Public Television are so fortunate to have you as a leader at their organization. And the young people in particular are so lucky to have you as a mentor because my goodness, do you have a lot of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.